Hello, and welcome to the Red Mountain Community Church podcast, where you can hear conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church as we pursue Jesus together. Each episode highlights what God is doing in someone's life or in a specific theme in light of what God has revealed in the Bible. I'm Hallie Carl, the pastor of Women's Ministry and your host for this podcast episode. And my co-host today is the one and only <laughs> Jessica Garcia, our pastor of Worship Arts Ministry. Hi, Hallie. <laughs> hey, Jess. So I do have a serious question for you. I know, like, I, I want to come out of the gate just very serious. Okay. okay Are great. you ready? Yes. I need you to rank these fries in okay. order from favorite to least favorite. Okay. McDonald's, <laughs> Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and in and out Oh gosh, four of them. Yeah, okay. four. Uh, well, I I appreciate the question. It is very relevant to me. I I love that. <laughs> I was laughing on Sunday because I am I eat I have a horrible diet. I eat a ton of fast food. I eat out all the time. And I loved that on Sunday, uh-huh. Alan gave some example where I went to the grocery store and bought yes. some. I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, like he made me look like somebody that actually goes. Yeah. He reframed and, your like, image. Buy, and buys groceries. <laughs> and like, I, uh, yeah. I was like, it great. saved money on something. I can't yeah, remember yes, what it was. Paid attention yeah. to mm-hmm. the price of bananas. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that may have been a little bit generous in that uh, depiction of who I am. I eat a lot of fast food. So, uh, I would have to say Chick-fil-A number one. Okay. You like the waffle. I am, I am pretty convinced that they, I don't know what Chick-fil-A puts in their mm. stuff, but it's, I find it to be actually like physically addicting. Mm. I like yeah, you crave, crave it in mm-hmm. a disturbing way. Okay. Pretty often. Yeah. And you're, um, you are presently very close to having your I baby. I am presently very pregnant. So does this like... Does the Chick-fil-A craving, like, is it all the time or is it because you're pregnant? Oh, I would love to say it's because I'm pregnant. I feel like I experienced it before that, but all right. yeah, we'll say. We all identify with this craving. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I feel like I can't blame it on pregnancy, but uh, so yeah, Chick-fil-A is great. Okay. I mean, the waffle part of the fry, mm. I feel like that's well-designed because okay. you're going to get, you're going to get even fry. Yeah. Even fry distribution. You're going to get like a decent size fry. Yeah. That's easy to hold, but evenly fried. Okay. That's like. You've put a lot of thought into this fry. Uh, I, yes. I yes. think about the fries a good amount. <clears throat> I will say, let's see, you said Wendy's and McDonald's. And, and in and out well, I know the in and outs at the bottom, unfortunately. I know a lot okay. of people love the in and out fries. I find them to be mystifyingly designed. Like you would think mm. <clears throat> you would think that because they're small, they're so small and they're yeah. so thin yeah. that they would be like nice and evenly fried. Yes. Uh and like easy to hold. They're not. They're, they're not. just like really kind of limp and like yeah. you have to decide. Yeah. You have to take like a handful of them basically yeah. or unless you want to spend two hours eating them individually. Mm. No. I just find that to be a cumbersome yeah, experience. Yeah. It's discouraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yes. Yeah. I mean I will eat them. I uh, eat them too. And then yeah. McDonald's and Wendy's 
are both fine. I would put them in the I middle. I can't even picture a Wendy's fry. So I know, I, I'm sorry true. about that Wendy's, but I yeah. think they're just kind of ordinary yeah. fries, which is fine. If they're not, if we can't recall them, they I must know. not be very memorable. Yes. All right. But we're still putting those above in and out. I Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's great. I appreciate all of that wisdom and insight You're about welcome, French fries. Allie. French fries are one of my favorite foods in the whole world. Yeah. And so I, I do a really really appreciate all of that well you're welcome hal you're so uh, welcome <laughs> well all right uh today our podcast episode is pretty unique in that our guest is someone you're most likely to be very familiar with already but we got to take a deep dive into their personal life our podcast guest today is the legendary spirit blade wielder producer and geekiest introvert you'll ever meet pater franson here's that conversation now well, Peter, it's so good to have you here today on the other side of things, being the one that we're interviewing and, and getting to hear your story. So uh, we're really grateful for you being willing to just do that. You scraped. Let's be honest. It's, it's summertime. <laughs> Everybody's gone. It's like, oh, crap. And everyone we asked said, no. What no, can we do? No, no, so, no. <laughs> so we just dug Pater so, off the bottom of the barrel? Is yeah, that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is not true this at is a, all. This is actually a joke. Like months ago, I remember, <laughs> you know, somebody said something about like interviewing me. And I was like, I'll just, I can just interview myself. I can just talk by myself. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> we don't even need to be here. We could just, Jessica and I could leave and, and <laughs> yeah, you could just true. talk. Well, there's a danger in that. And like, I was going to say to you guys, be sure to uh, f bring me back on focus wherever you want to go, because I do a weekly podcast where I, it's just me yes. and the length is up to between two and three and a half hours each week now. Oh, so okay. I, I can wow. talk for a bit. Uh, so just keep me focused whenever you want. We'll, we'll hold each other accountable because I am also a talker. Okay. So yeah. Right. If the listeners hear any hard, uh, weird cuts, yeah. it'll be yeah. all of our no, edits. No. <laughs> just just finding the good the rails started saying weird awkward things well i want to start with a, a very important question which is i have heard that you were once deathly afraid of infants and you are currently afraid of moths oh so can you please unpack that <laughs> yeah for us? yeah well i'm afraid of everything <laughs> uh anything that i don't fully understand and have control of i okay. am afraid of okay yeah. so Infants, um, that sounds like pretty old information. Yes. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I was, I was afraid of hurting them. Like I didn't okay. want to, like before I had, before we had our own kids, I didn't want to hold babies. I didn't want anything to do with babies. Cause it's like, I'm going to break that. So <laughs> let's just keep me far They're away. They're so fragile looking. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then they also, uh, I get stressed out when, you know, they cry or when mm. little kids are crying or fussing or misbehaving because it's out of my control, sure, you sure. know? Okay. Uh, so that's, I think what that's about. Yeah. And likewise with moths and just insects in general, okay. anything in creation, basically, mm. uh, there's, I kind of like to think that there's a, there's a treaty, like a peace treaty between me and nature, this fallen creation. Yes. I love video games where you explore open worlds and lush in environments, naturey environments, but, but that's cause it's safe. And so yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be a nature guy in the new creation, but right mm. now there's ah. things that are, they're all unknown, especially in Arizona. If something is living here, it has earned the right through <laughs> 
deathly combat with other creatures. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's thorns and there's poisonous things. And uh, it's this is a bad place we live in. So. <laughs> <laughs> Does seem kind of dangerous. Yeah. And, and even wild. moths. I'm yeah. like, I. I don't know what you got going on, but I want you to do it away from me. Yeah, you know? they have it's... no concern for your personal body space whatsoever. No, They'll no. fly right into yeah. your face. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for addressing both those sure. things. <laughs> so, um, so you had to get over your fear of infants because you do have a family. So, can you tell yeah. us a little bit about your family? Uh, yeah, my wife Holly. You guys have probably seen her if you've been at red mountain for a while playing guitar she's the brunette uh playing guitar well i guess there's another brunette now but she's the the one that's in her 40s i guess if you can tell um she's the most beautiful one um, <laughs> there we go and, <laughs> and uh um and so she and i have been married for 20 years as of this last january and we have two boys asher and titus uh and they are 14 and 11. Yeah, 14 and 11. Okay. About about to be 12 and 15. So mm, That's exciting. Very, very good. Well, um, can you tell us, Peter, a little bit about just how you came to know the Lord? Uh, just a glimpse back into your origin story. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not really exciting. You know, I, I uh, just kind of grew up knowing and believing in Jesus in the same way that I grew up learning about ABC one, two, three, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of part of, part of like the reality that was presented to me, you know? Um, but I think there's been like certainly times over the years when I was growing up where, uh, I had questions or doubts or, or just things that moments where it would like, Oh, this is really real, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I think probably around junior high and then especially in high school, I think around the time my family started coming to Red Mountain Community Church, mm-hmm. which was when I was in uh, 10th grade. So that was just starting high school for, okay. for us at the time. You know, it's been changed to start at ninth, like I guess normal people in the world since then. But yeah, um, <clears throat> but yeah so, uh, so I think coming to Red Mountain was a significant part of uh, my faith really becoming my own in, a, in an even greater way. Um, so yeah, yeah, nothing super exciting. Well, the journey to the Lord is always exciting, no matter if there's just, I find the journey, journey. I find the journey with the Lord more, more exciting, turbulent and exciting (laughs) than the initial one to him. (laughs) So you guys have been at Red Mountain for a while. I, I, I mean, I have the unique, uh, perspective of being able to, I served with your parents on the worship team back know, in the day. Yeah. And I, I know you're, uh, obviously no Corinne, your sister, but your other sister, the one that most people don't know about Janae, I know yeah. her too. So, oh, okay. uh, it's neat just to have been able to, to be a part of, of your family this whole time at Red Mountain, hmm. but you had a unique, um, calling at one point in your life, you felt like you wanted to be a pastor and, and then you served as a pastor here at Red Mountain. Can you kind of tell us about that part of your journey? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a middle part of, of, uh, just a ride that I feel like I've been on since high school. I mean, like I, in high school, I was doing, I, I was really into theater in junior high and high school. And, was just in like every play and was usually getting the lead sometimes without even auditioning for it. I was just finding a lot of weird success there. 
and had, you know, like won a statewide competition in acting. And, you know, so it was, it seemed like acting was what God would want me to do, Uh you know? And so that's what I was planning on pursuing until just before my senior year of high school, when, uh, my faith kind of really had this awakening moment. And I realized that everybody in the world falls into two categories. They are either on their way uh, to eternity apart from God, or they are on their way to eternity with him. Mm. And it was such a, to see, to think about that, to see my friends in drama practices and stuff and, and think they're, they're in one of those two camps. And, yeah. and so many of them likely are away from God. And it was just, uh, just kind of a really stark, sobering thought. And so it was at that point that, uh, I, I, I wanted to go into ministry of some kind and what seemed to make the most sense would be to shift into music, into singing. Because Mm -hmm. like one of my earliest memories is doing these touring concerts with my family. We like, we would tour to different churches during the summers. It's a weird thing to think about now, but like like the Von Trapp family singers, I guess something like that. (laughs) I mean, one of my earliest memories is actually forgetting my words on stage. And there was a nice little old lady in the front row. And I remember her just silently mouthing, that's okay. And I was devastated by that. And I mean, like one of my greatest fears has always been since then forgetting my words when I'm singing a song in front of people. But anyway, um, so I, and I'd been, you know, in the Phoenix Boys Choir and just had a lot of rich musical experiences growing up and singing in particular. And, uh, and so I studied voice in college thinking, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the solo vocalist thing. I'm going to uh-huh. go into a career as a, uh, you know, as a, as a Christian vocalist. And that'll be, that's what makes the most sense, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, and, um, getting out of, uh, college at some point during college, I just started developing some real stage fright and just, uh, just over anxiety over people like analyzing my singing and thinking that I'm falling short. And I think that was part of the college experience, mm, you know, as we yeah. would in studio each week sing for each other and then the class would critique, you right. know? So I think that certainly played a, a significant role, but you know, after college, when I started like booking concerts for myself locally, I discovered that I, I very quickly discovered, Oh my gosh, I hate this life. Mm, I hate this. Yeah. And so I did like maybe three or four concerts and I was like, I'm out. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that was when I was in this, this kind of place of, you know, just feeling directionless. And I, at that time, kind of as a hobby started, um, writing a story. I used to write all kinds of nerdy sci-fi stories, superhero stories when I was a kid in elementary and junior high and, and kind of dropped it. But then I suddenly just as a hobby decided to get back into it. And I had this idea for this story that had lots of, uh, biblical, themes that I started thinking in part because of my experience interacting with others as just kind of a hardcore nerd and geek that uh, at that time, especially there was a lot of hesitation in the church about things like, Ooh, or dungeons and dragons or Pokemon Mm. or magic, the gathering, anything to do with fantasy and magic and stuff like that. And certainly horror. There was a a number of Christians that would just be like, Ooh, this, I, I think that's bad for you, I think, or, or some more judgmental Christians, you know, would be like, you need to repent of that. You need to get out of that, Mm. you know, and stuff. And, 
Um, and really from a, from a place of not understanding the content and, and my interaction with it and my enjoyment of it, you know, for what it actually was. Um, so I started, I had developed this heart for people like me that mm-hmm. were nerds and geeks and into this stuff. And I wanted, to, I started thinking, boy, it'd be cool if I could reach them somehow with something. So I started just kind of playing around with this idea of writing this story, which was called Spirit Blade. Okay. And, uh, and so I was just kind of working on this mostly as a hobby, but then it started to shift and I was like, boy, what if I made this crazy sci-fi Christian musical. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's done anything like that. And I'm so tired of Christians making art that's just bad imitations of what's popular. You know, I was like, (laughs) I want to do something nuts. (laughs) Totally imaginative. Okay. And so I really was kind of developing this idea. And, um, and along with that, in this kind of time of wandering and wondering what I was going to do, I remembered something that my uh, my idol Steve Green, the, the, right. the vocal artist Steve Green, <laughs> inspirational vocal artist. I was wondering if he was um, going to come up with something. Yeah, okay. inspirational to me, but that was also the genre of music, kids, that, that was called back in the day. It was inspirational. That was the part of the bookstore that you would go to <laughs> if you were looking for that kind of music. Inspirational. But he said, uh, when I talked to him after one of his concerts and just kind of asked him, how do you do this ministry how do you get started into this mm-hmm. he said you know i never um uh sent out demo tapes of myself i never did the, the normal things i was just really involved in my local church and god opened doors from mm. there you know and i was like well, that's a crappy answer <laughs> that's not <laughs> what i was yeah. looking for that is not what i was looking for i wanted something a little more practical um but that was kind of in my mind and i thought well while i'm in this place of wandering and this holding pattern let me just engage in my local church and and see, you know, given what package I am with my gifting and skill set mm-hmm. and whatever, just make myself available. And so I, uh, uh, so Mickey Bryce was the worship pastor at mm-hmm. that time, and I just kind of made myself available to him um, and said, you know, hey, let me just just put me to work. I got time. I got flexibility. I'm gonna, I'm substitute teaching, but outside of that, I have a lot of free time. That's yeah. just part time at best. Put me to work, you know. And uh, and he actually um, was like, well, let's you know turn this into an actual job. You know, I wasn't thinking along those lines. I just was like, I couldn't have this. I had this unusual amount of time I could give to volunteering, and that was all my that was my plan. But right. But he turned it into a, a position and a worship associate or whatever it was called, and. Um, and so I was part-time uh, serving in that ministry on staff uh, under him for two years. And, uh, and then when he stepped down, um, you know, there was a need for a worship pastor there. And, and during the time that I'd been serving under Mickey, I started to uh, just um, develop a desire to see people at our church engage with worship on a deeper level. I think it was just all too easy um, to come to church and just kind of stand and follow the bouncing ball on and mm. the lyrics on the screen and just sing along. If that, plenty of people would just kind of stare at the screen, you know, yeah. and not, not even really be singing. And so there was a, there was just a, a lot of lack of engagement and I just wanted to, uh, to, to figure out how could I be a part of helping our congregation 
um, engage on a heart level yeah. in more uh, in, in that time on Sunday morning and not see it as just the warm up to the sermon. Right. You know? Um, and, uh, and so I, I think God was just probably orienting my thoughts and my desires, my passions and interests along those lines during those two years. So that when that situation came, it was like, Oh, Mickey's stepping down, you know? Um, I, uh, uh, after really wrestling with it and thinking about it, um, p- put my hat in the ring, you know, and uh, told Bob that I, I'd be interested in being, you know, considered for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I knew that it was going to be for a season, though. I, uh, it ended up being a shorter season than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, but uh, but I... I I kind of always had in my mind that like, this is something that I want to do now. And, and I even thought at the time that if I didn't get that job, that I would probably seek up op- an opportunity to do it somewhere else. Okay. Um, I, I, that was kind of in the back of my mind, but I mean, primarily I was focused on the possibility of, of being the worship pastor at Red Mountain. And, uh, so they, um, but I, but I, but I knew that in the back of my mind, well, it's, it's important to mention that this idea for this spirit blade mm-hmm. musical really developed. And so while Mickey was there, you know, we were doing these summer musicals and right. stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so at one point I pitched to him and wrote up a paper kind of pitching it to the elders of the church as well. This idea of doing this spirit blade musical, which would be performed in the style of classic oratorio where there's not blocking where actors aren't walking around on the stage and stuff like that. They're standing at microphones, performing it like a radio drama, okay. you know, um, which was the, the genre that I kind of envisioned it being in was, was audio drama. And so, uh, I pitched this to Mickey and he presented kind of the concept and the heart behind it, uh, as in a largely an outreach type of thing. Um, and we produced that here at the church. I mean, really Mickey did. Um, and, uh, and we've used all people from the church, maybe one or two that weren't from the church. I can't remember, but, uh, um, and that was produced here. And then when that was done, it was probably about six months after that, that Mickey stepped down. Meanwhile, I was having the actors come over to my house. I bought sound equipment and stuff. And I was one at a time having them record their lines Mm. so that by the time I had started, uh, in the worship pastor position, I was going home at night and after spending a little time with Holly, you know, staying up late and editing and mixing this, this feature length musical audio drama. Right. You know? um, and so that's kind of how I arrived to that season of my life. Okay. I don't know if, if you want what, if, what you wanted to go into the, from there, but. Well, so, <clears throat> so then that time serving as worship pastor, how did that, how did that end and then and then i mean you you really moved into this this season of spirit blade productions and christian geek central which is not a hobby it's a no. it's a ministry yeah and so i would love to kind of hear about this switch from vocational ministry as far as this idea of being a pastor yeah. to serving the Lord in a different capacity that we don't have to be boxed into. Yeah. If we're going to serve the Lord, we have to be a pastor and yeah. and all of these things. How did that all come about? And and when you're telling that, you can introduce us to Christian Geek Central and, and what that is. Yeah. Well, I should say, just in case this has been an elephant in the room, um, you know, when I, I normally 
co-host this podcast uh, and and introduce myself, saying, "Hey, I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions, and your fellow seat warmer." Blah 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 blah. Right. Blah. And that is uncomfortable to say every time I say it. Mm. Every time I say it, um, and because I have never been good at uh, self-promoting, never wanted to. That's one of the things I hated about pursuing a, a, a career, a vocal performance career. Right. It was like I'm having to book these things myself. I'm having to sell myself. And I just hate how that feels. And I am way overly concerned about what people think of me. And so I hate to think what people would think of me selling myself that way. And so every time I say that, when I introduce an episode of this show, I'm like, ugh, I just barrel through it. Um, But I asked Jessica when we started the podcast if I could do that because I feel the responsibility to do it. Mm. Um, It's not, uh, before I get into all that story, you know, I'll say it's not something that makes money for me and my family, you know. Um, I really wish it was. Um, But I mean, I'm 17 years in and it's not part of our family budget. You know, it's self-sustaining now, but, uh, and has been for a few years. But, um, uh, but I feel the responsibility for uh, the ministry and uh, since, you know, this, this is Christians here, you know, that right. there might be some people that would find it useful and helpful to them. I feel the responsibility to my wife because still I would love to be able to make money enough at what I'm doing to say, Holly, you don't have to work that job that is stressful and hard for you. Yeah. We should have her on sometime. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I mean, give her a break. She just did an hour and 20 minute conversation with me opening up that whole can of worms. I think one or two people at church have heard it. But if you go to the Christian Geek Central YouTube channel and just put wife in the search for that channel, the Q&A will come up. And her story is, hmm. she is, uh, she's amazing. She's she amazing. And, uh, and it's because of her I've been able to do what I'm doing. So, but yeah, let me back up and, and kind of get into that. So uh, I served as the worship pastor here, I mean, for two years, technically a year and a half, those first six months were uh, provisional or like whatever, I don't know what it was, interim something or other, right. whatever. But the job didn't change. Yeah. The only thing that changed was once I was officially the worship pastor, they uh, gave me the go ahead to nix the choir. Oh, okay. <laughs> which was dun, dun, dun. which was one of many hard transitional things. You know, um, the vision that 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 I had for engaging our congregation uh, more in that time and helping them to engage more on a heart level in that time was uh, unknown to me a vision that the elder board had been developing independently Mm. of us having any conversations about it together. And so that was just an interesting kind of thing to see God orchestrate. Um, So it was a good vision, Um, but uh, I was very passionate about getting there ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, uh, Bob had actually said... Uh, you know, he gave me permission to basically uh, just drop every every volunteer and just for a little while just be me and Holly and start from scratch mm. so that rather than having to transition people over to this new philosophy and this new right. focus, we would just like, when we would onboard people, many would probably come back and reapply and whatever, you know, right. to be volunteers in that ministry. But it would be an understanding that like, this is the new thing, you right. know? And in hindsight, I... I wish I would have done that. I think it would have been hard and 
been hurtful to some people to make that choice, but mm. people ended up getting hurt anyway. And yeah. I think it was a harder transition as a result. Um, Transitions are hard no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, I don't envy you that moment <laughs> yeah, of having I, to make that call. I think that, you know, it was this hard combination of just sin in a, in a small vocal minority, you know, mm. who were really opposed to the, the changes and sin in me and not recognizing, Peter, here's an opportunity. Yes, they should be ready for this. Mm. They should be on board with this, but here's an opportunity for you to give grace and meet them where they're at yeah. and take things slower than you want to take them, mm. you know, and just trust me in that. Yeah. But I think, you know, again, my, I was overly concerned about what people thought of me and I wanted the, I wanted Bob and the elders to think well of me and that I was accomplishing and doing and bringing right. about this vision and, you know, and being successful in that. And there's, you know, all kinds of, you know, turmoil. And I would have been in my mid to late twenties at the time, right. you know? Um, and so I jokingly have said to a couple people, you know, gosh, I think maybe in another 40 or 50 years, then I'll be mature enough to be a worship pastor. You know? <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yep. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's, uh, it, it was, it got to a point where the, the tension and the difficulty was so much, I would spend, not, I don't want to be overdramatic about it. It was probably more than two or three occasions max, I think. But I would come into the opposite church and close the door behind me. And when I felt like I needed to, I would disappear literally under my desk and sob. Mm. Um, and, uh, and just get that out. Yeah. Because I just felt like people that I was, the pe some of the people I was working most closely with seemed to hate me and I could tell they were talking behind my back mm. lots of just rumor mill stuff going on and uh man that was a hard season but I know that they were going through hurt and uncertainty and stuff as well you know it was just a just a hard time yeah um and there came a point in in all that turmoil you know meanwhile I'd been working on this the the uh, recorded version of this audio drama right and uh and it was coming to the point where it was going to be done and ready to release. And I knew it was going to, I knew I wanted to have a sequel for it. I kind of had a trilogy in mind, which did eventually come about. It took until 2016 to get the whole thing done. But, <laughs> um, but, uh, but I knew I wanted a, a follow-up right away. And so I knew I was going to be working on that. And then also I was going to have to figure out marketing and getting this thing out. How do I help this find its audience? And so yeah. suddenly in this original vision that I had for kind of like putting my particular wiring to work to minister to geeks, mm -hmm. um, that suddenly that work, that was going to require a lot more time and effort and work and energy. Right. And I was like, I don't know how I can come home broken and depleted every day from work and still keep this going, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, and so I, you know, told, you know, Holly, we had a hard lunch and, uh, and, and, uh, I said, I think I have, I have to be done. I, th I don't think mm. I can do this anymore. And, uh, and so we almost immediately met with uh, Bob and Preston. We're talking about that. And, uh, and then there was time spent, you know, uh, on their end and on, our end praying about it and processing it and uh um and in the end it was something that uh 
you know, they recognized as, as I did that if I were to stay in that role, there was a lot of work, additional work that would need to be done on the ministry level. Yeah. There would be some, uh, some reparations I would need to do with some people and there just, uh, just need to be more energy that I would need to give. And, you know, some of that, that would just be in the form of accepting hurt and pain, Mm. you know, and just crying more under my desk, you know? (laughs) Um, and, uh, uh, and then, you know, figuring out how to, how to keep things going, you know, that way. And so I think if, if I wasn't doing any of this, if I didn't have this first passion that I might've kept going, I do, I I do still look back and and wrestle. I I wonder, I, I wonder all the time about, uh, am I doing what God actually wants me to be doing with my life? You know, mm. and I, and it's, and it's, there's been so many times where I've been like, this is what God wants me to do. And I get, I get kind of like this tunnel vision of this is what I'm supposed to do, what I'm destined to do. I think, <laughs> I think uh, the nature of our stories and entertainment kind of screw us up and screwed me up a little bit because they're so often about this sense of destiny, this yeah. sense of like, being significant, rising from just the rabble and the mm-hmm. common clone community yep. <laughs> and becoming someone unique and special and, yeah. and doing and accomplishing something that no one else does. That's, that's the template of so many stories in our yeah. fiction. We don't celebrate very often at all in fiction um, being a cog in the machine right? Mm. and being a, a useful cog yeah. in the machine. That's really uh, what, what God is using and what's right. amazing, you know? Um, yeah. So even as we talk about community and stuff these days, we all kind of want to be stars. I certainly do. Dang it. <laughs> um, and so uh, anyway, I lost, that's one of my rabbit trails. Where no, was I? And I, I just appreciate your, your openness and sharing that that's a painful part of your story. And being someone that was in the congregation while you were serving in that role, um, I wish I had known a little more about mm-hmm. that at the time. I, cause we always really enjoyed your leadership, mm-hmm. uh, when you were, when you were doing it. And, um, and I could see the, the movement that you were making with the way that worship was going mm-hmm. at our church and just the heart behind it. Mm-hmm. So, um, a little, a little too late, but thank you for oh. your time, <laughs> yeah. um, especially oh, in such a difficult uh, season with with all the people and and all of that. So thank you for sharing all that. Oh sure, I I, I cross my fingers as like uh, to, so I remember to, to touch on this. I, I I forgot to mention, and it's really relevant. I assume it's one of the reasons that Jessica is here. <laughs> that Jessica was a very significant part of that season for mm. me because she was my intern. Yes. Oh, How long was that I'm very thankful for Peter's pastorship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I was only your intern for like six months, I think, technically. Was it only? I but... thought it was maybe a whole school year, but it was <clears throat> six months. Okay. I, well, it, it might have been nine months or something. Okay. But yeah. Well, either way, I mean, six months, that's what, 25% of my time right, in that right. position, roughly, you know? Yeah. So, uh, was that while you were in high school, Jess? Yes. Okay. Because yep, you were leading school. worship in high school ministry, which I remember because yes. I was there for that, too. Yep. I was just a peer, just on the sidelines for all of this Oh, yeah. Stuff. Well, yeah. Hallie knows everything. I, yeah. Well, uh. I remember. <laughs> I remember Jessica wanting to be a worship pastor yeah. and that being 
an unusual thing for a woman to to want to do at that time. Mm. You know, it's still by some is considered unusual today. You know, and uh, and so, but I just I I did not want you to be discouraged, Jessica, <laughs> in all of this turmoil that I was going through. Yeah. I tried to protect you from seeing a good amount of it, but I knew you were seeing some of it. I remember even telling you once when I was just sharing with you some of the some of the struggles, like. I, I don't want this to discourage you, you know? I mean, do you do you remember, like, there being much turmoil? Or, like, how much of that were you aware of? Oh, I mean, I, I never knew that you were crying under your desk. Well, yeah, no, but... I don't think anybody knew that. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I, I mean, I understand it now as a worship pastor. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, oh. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I knew, I knew the people that... I, I mean, from my perspective, there were a lot of people that were reacting really uh, overly negatively. And mm. I, like, was aware of all those conversations, aware of, like, all that conflict and stuff. And it was very instructive to watch and to see your leadership and all that. And, mm. um, yeah, it was a super awesome, instructive time for me. It's, yeah. but, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting job because, you know, you look at the... St- the, you look at the past, well, at least I, yeah, at the time there, I think it's probably largely true today, but if you look at the, the, the wiring of the guys on the elder board, you look at the wiring of a lot of the pastors, you got these guys that are like a re- really steady emotionally, really steady emotionally, lots of jocks, at least when I was on staff, they would all go on, it seems like they were all going on bike rides together and doing <laughs> sportsy things, and that was never my thing, I, you know, I was like, ah, gosh, Same. you know, they would, I think they would even invite me, you know, and then knowing pretty quickly, you know, they just invite you. It was a, a joke, courcy, you know. Invite, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but to have an artist's temperament, you yeah. know, to to be a, a musician, to be in the role of of a worship pastor mm. or a worship arts pastor, as the title is now for Jessica, you have to be a creative person. Yeah. What comes along with creativity? In tremendous sensitivity, yeah. tremendous emotional sensitivity, right. and so to 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 have someone in that role where everyone has an opinion about musical style and musical preferences and all these kinds of things and feels like expressing those, yeah, you know, it's just it is it is a situation that lends itself to hurt and stress and turmoil yes. for. Uh, for the worship pastor, for people in that ministry who are also themselves artists and are yeah. going to tend to be sensitive, yeah. you know, and so it's uh, it's a challenging, it's a really challenging job, and so I mm-hmm. certainly am very appreciative of Jessica, and I am very protective of Jessica, <laughs> yes. you know, and uh, and really, and I, I I know I've said this to you in some form, Jessica, before, but. <laughs> Seeing what you're doing now, it's it's like the fulfillment of the vision. Mm. There was this vision that I had, and that I think the elders had too, of of what worship could look like at Red Mountain. And I don't mean aesthetically; mm. I mean in terms of the heart and the content and the focus. I just had this dream I was thinking my gosh this could be something so much more than it is now mm-hmm. and so to see you doing what you're doing is 
just repeatedly so fulfilling for me. Mm. So gratifying because it it makes that hard season so worth it. So worth it. So well, thank you, Peter. That's thank you. very encouraging. Yes. And Holy crap, I didn't think I was going to go that place. <laughs> that, well, that's just the movement of the spirit. And I, I think that it's easy it's easy to be on the sidelines and, um, and critique leaders and feel like you, you know, oh, well, if they just did this differently, this would be so much better. And unfortunately, worship is one of the areas where it's so out there every week you are putting you're putting this creative outlet yeah. um and you're placing it before the people the before the congregation and it's a it's a tool to aid in them interacting with the lord but unfortunately all of those things that you just said about opinion and critique yeah. um they they come out and and it's I can't even fathom how discouraging that must be. And so um, for, for everyone listening, just remember that, the amount of heart and time that um, our worship pastor currently and in the past, how they've really tried to engage with the Spirit to lead us well in that, and that, um, that we need to have uh, kindness and encouragement instead of maybe the... Uh, email that is discouraging. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And I, I am protective of Jessica as well. Of this book is going on to me, but I, yeah, I'll take this time to just point out, I mean, it's, it's funny that like, you know, you joked at the beginning about you being a throwaway guest or whatever, but I just want to, you know, take this moment on the podcast to say like, we, we have actually been very much wanting and planning to have Pater as the yes. guest for a long time because in my mind, Pater, you're like uh, the ideal, the like you need perfect to start that guest. A different way. <laughs> <laughs> the the ideal guest to have on this podcast because you are um, somebody who I think so just has exemplified, like I so want everyone to hear your story and hear about these seasons of you following the Lord into these various things. And like, you know, even these various things that seem that, you know, that's maybe seem unknown, like your current ministry ministry and like, aren't the most public things. And you're, you're faithfully stepping into these different aspects of your calling. You mm. had the season of pastoral ministry that like, though it wasn't super duper long, had incredible impact mm. yeah. on me and incredible, just like ongoing impact. And, uh, so anyways, I, I love having you as a guest. I think that's like, all, everything that you're sharing now is just making me feel like you're the perfect guest. And I want everyone to hear just how like <laughs> God, you know, God is using your story and has, has woven together all of your giftedness and the journey yes. that you have been on to discern that mm-hmm. and has used it in all of these crazy ways yeah. that like just are far reaching. So yeah, let's talk about some of those far reaching things because the geek mindset is like a huge part of what you are doing. And I would love to hear about that. Like, I know I consider, we were talking about this before, uh, Jessica and I, and my son, Isaiah, like 
like what a geek is yeah. as far as uh, movies, games, you know, etc. And I consider myself a geek, but on the geek scale, like I I am at the bottom and you're <laughs> like way up in the clouds. So um, tell us about the heart for this ministry, uh, the Christian Geek Central, how that started. Because I know you gave us the Spirit Blade Productions part, yeah. but it has it has turned into this other thing too. Yeah. So let's hear about that. Yeah. Um, so it started it started out. Spirit Blade Productions was intended to focus on creating audio dramas. That mm-hmm. was that was going to be it, you know. And uh, and I, I've always had a heart for geeks. I mean, like it's it's a common thing to say that like being a geek is in now. And I I only that always rubs me the wrong way because the etymology of the word geek. <laughs> <laughs> you Go, might be a geek when you start a sentence with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it goes back to um, circus performers that mm. would do very strange things like uh, bite the heads off of animals and and or be weird and you know small animals like bats or whatever you know i think yeah you know that's normal So like just strange bizarre (laughs) that that's where the term finds Mm. its origins is in the circus you know uh so the the weird attraction people were geeks Mm -hmm. um and so being a geek by definition in my mind is never mainstream Mm. things that used to be relegated only to geeks have now become much more popular, science fiction, fantasy, yeah. video games, stuff like that. Yeah. But my heart is for geeks, those who um, are outside of the mainstream, who are often socially awkward and misunderstood, who are into, you know, these, you know, nerdy sci-fi fantasy imaginative things. Yeah. But... The defining characteristic is how hard they're into them, mm-hmm. you know, how much they're yes. into them, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, there's various degrees of geekdom, and I, I, I you know, I want to be careful, you know, in my content creation too. I want to be careful that we use geek as a descriptor, but not as a as an identity. Yeah. Um, and that's an unfortunate, you know, I. It's like Christian Geek Central, you know, the 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 the, the name serves its purpose for search engine optimization, I guess, and some Mm. other things. So at a glance, you kind of know what it is. But um, I don't like the idea of being thought of as a Christian geek, where Christian is the modifier and geek is the core noun, you Mm. know? Yeah. Um, What I'd rather be is a a Christian or a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus that's into geeky stuff or whatever. Right. You know, how do you brand that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) The search engines, you know, they wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, it started as Spirit Blade Productions, um, and that name came from an artifact card in the old Milton Bradley Hero Quest game that was the spirit blade it was the weapon you needed to fight the undead creatures but then also it comes from the passage in ephesians Mm -hmm. uh, about the sword of the spirit right and i wanted to like what would be a different way to phrase that um that would sound kind of cool and fantastical and i remember this card in this old tabletop game and it's like oh yeah how about spirit blade and that also encapsulates the, the 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 heart of it is to take biblical ideas and to package them in a way that is going to be appealing to the geek. Right. And, uh, and so, but as I was making these audio dramas, figuring out how do I help them find their audience? I was doing interviews on other people's podcasts and one podcaster, when we were done recording, she said, you know, you should do this. You should podcast. I was like, what? 
<laughs> yeah, you should podcast and talk about, you know, what TV shows you're watching, what nerdy TV shows you're watching and stuff. And then, you know, along the way, you get a chance to, to plug your audio dramas, you know. And so I really took right. that to heart and thought about it. And so I started doing a weekly podcast back in 2007. Yeah. And, um, and which is, we passed 700 episodes now. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and... And from that podcast, I was still producing audio dramas all along the way, but slowly, like kind of always begrudgingly against my will, because I wanted to be about creating the stories and, and acting and, and mm. using my musical gifting and all that kind of stuff. I, I thought, this is what God surely wants me to focus on, you know? Yeah. Um, but more and more, I saw people engaging with the podcast. I started very, from the beginning, doing a little devotional, and which turned into a much more uh, exegetical Bible study. And that's really, I think that part of the content has improved over the years and, uh, and has become a big draw for people. Mm. You know, it's, um, that's Red Mountain has been so fantastic in, in just in being a, a teaching church, a church that values teaching scripture to the point where I'm doing a podcast that like people are coming to it and, it's like so sad and it's very bittersweet that they're finding my teaching on this podcast to be like, oh my gosh, this is really great. And mm. I don't hear this kind of teaching in my church on Sunday, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. You know, um, so to be able to reach that demographic with encouraging and equipping teaching um, and fun that can kind of be the initial thing that kind of engages them talking about nerdy stuff and talking about those things also from a biblical and Christian perspective, sorting mm -hmm. through how do we deal with horror as a genre? Is, is all content okay? Or how do we discern our way through figuring out what would be sinful for us to engage in, you know? Mm. And so there's all kinds of topics from like, is collecting as a geek materialistic? Um, the most recent thing I put up was a 40-minute video about boycotting. Should we enter into boycotts? Is that mm. a biblical practice? Or how is there some other version of that that would be appropriate? Or, or is that something that really God is not calling us to do? How should we approach that? Because yeah. so many people today are like, well, Disney does blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No more Star Wars and Marvel in my house. You oh. know? And so, yeah, so like, <laughs> but those are legitimate these are all legitimate things that people that are really engaged in the entertainment world yeah. um, are wrestling with at some point, you right. know, or figuring out how do I have the conversation with that quote unquote concerned aunt that, you know, is concerned about my love of, you know, fantasy and magic right. and Harry Potter and stuff. Right. How do we have those conversations? How do we discern through those things ourselves and figuring out, you know, maybe I should step away from this type of content. Mm. You know, maybe this isn't so good for me. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, that kind of content, it started growing from the podcast. And then finally, begrudgingly again, uh, I got on YouTube because someone told me early on, like, you should be on YouTube, you know? <laughs> and now I wish I would have gotten on YouTube when they told me to, because I think my channel would probably be a lot bigger. <laughs> but, you know... Um, uh, we, uh, you know, we just passed, I don't know, 3000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So, I mean, that's, that's really minuscule in the YouTube world. But when I think about, oh my gosh, 3000 different people at some point said, click. Yes. Yeah. I'd like more of that. You right. Know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know? Um, so, uh, that's a lot of what I'm doing now is content creation and Christian geek central really became, 
another face of Spirit Blade Productions, or kind of like a quote-unquote product, I guess, of Spirit Blade okay. Productions. Spirit Blade Productions is still primarily focused on audio drama, but this other face is like the 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 ongoing weekly content creation side of things is is like Christian Geek Central, and okay. I re, I actually rebranded the podcast. At episode 501, it was the Spearblade Underground podcast for the first 100 ep- 500 episodes. And then at 501, I rebranded it to Christian, the Christian Geek Central podcast. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of like the, the branding name that I use for that ongoing weekly YouTube and podcasting content that's intended to reach specifically Christian geeks where they're at. I mean, it wasn't long early on before I, before I, re- before I switched from an outreach mentality to... I want to reach Christian geeks because um, a lot of them, it's less and less the case now, I'm grateful for this, but a lot of them have not felt like they can fit into the local church. Right. You know, because the youth group just plays volleyball afterward. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, or, or, or they're at a church that doesn't, I think, discern scripture properly and therefore just kind of rules out all Harry Potter, all Star Wars, and like, if you're engaging in that, that you need to repent of that, you know, and Mm. so there's still, you know, a a sad amount of that going on, less now, Yeah. um, but, but I mean, I wanted to connect with the Christian geek, give them something that was going to be encouraging and equipping to them that was based in scripture, and then take every opportunity to point them back to their local church and try to help encourage them to get back into their local church and figure out how to survive and thrive, right. even if they're in a church that they feel like does not understand them. Right. You know? And so that's really a lot of the, the the core heart now. And now it's so weird. I've come full circle. Audio dramas I, uh, are just a small part of that now. Right. You know, um, whereas they were the, the main thing. Now it's largely this this ongoing weekly free content right. that, you know, that I'm, that I'm putting out. So. Yeah. Cause you'll, you'll look at a video game release, yeah. a movie, um, tabletop, tabletop game. Games. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a weird moment there. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I've had the opportunity to play a tabletop game with you in which the instruction book looked like an encyclopedia. Oh my gosh. And I don't um, know when this was, was it this was, when I was in helping with the college? Ministry yeah. It was okay. young adults okay. retreat. And yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. And I'm not, <laughs> I'll cut out for that. I'm just not. Um, but uh, so you review those and and then as a part of each podcast episode that you do where you might be reviewing, say, Doctor Strange, you just yeah. reviewed Multiverse, Multiverse of, of Madness. Madness. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I started to listen to that episode before um, before this because I was like, I need to uh, like hear what this is. <laughs> um, and, and then you do a devotional as a part of each episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A good amount of like the, the, the podcast content, I just started making video versions of and putting up separately on okay. the YouTube channel. Yeah. So now like the, there's always the Bible study segment of the podcast, but that now gets its own video. Like every oh, Monday nice. I put okay. up, we go through books of the, I go, we, whatever, however you want to call it, uh, go through books of the Bible. Usually sometimes I'll divert into a topical thing, but right. we've been making our way through the new Testament for years now, uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And, and looking for in that after doing, you know, the best I can anyway, with the resources I have to, uh, do some decent exegesis on it, then say, okay, so how, what here might, uh, 
specifically apply to us as geeks and how right. we tend to be wired and what we tend to be doing in our rhythms of life, you know? And so, yeah. so the, yeah, that's, that's, uh, the Bible study. And then, yeah, there's tabletop game live streams and, uh, play sessions that I put up on Tuesdays and Wednesdays is kind of a catch all comic book content, usually once a month. Okay. Thurs Thursdays is always the video game content. It's either an hour long clip of a previous live stream that I did. Um, and, uh, where I'm just playing video games or it's a review or something related to video game industry news. And then Friday is like TV or movie review content. Okay. Okay. And, in, and in all of that, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, engage with it and talk about it as, you know, a geek who loves this nerdy stuff with laser guns and unicorns, you know, right. but then also from a Christian perspective, looking at the themes, you know, yeah. our storytellers today in, in entertainment, whether they are conscious of it or not, are incorporating their worldview yeah. into their, their, uh, their stories. And sometimes feeling the dramatic catharsis you're meant to feel in a story, whether it's a game or a book or whatever depends on you accepting a certain value that they're putting out there, right. you know? Um, and so there's all kinds of different ways that we are interacting with and being immersed in these, mm. these worldview things. And I think those are actually, um, have greater potential influence both negatively and positively than, uh, than the violence we might find in video games. Right. You know? Well, and I think I do appreciate that side of what you're doing, which is, like we really should be evaluating what yeah. we're watching and looking at it with a deeper lens yeah. and not just mindlessly feeding our brains yeah. and, and asking the questions of, is this edifying for me in some way? Is this, can I learn something from this? Is there something I need to learn that's positive or negative from this? Yeah. All of those things are part of what you're doing, which mm -hmm. is, is really great. I, I remember a place in my walk where this was back when we, rented videos at Blockbuster, but Lee and I both kind of had this moment where we were renting a movie for Friday night and it was like, eh, I don't want to watch that, but if you want to, yeah. that's fine. And, and we both kind of agreed, like, maybe we need to start being a little bit more selective in mm. what we're watching or yeah. have just actually be paying attention to that as yeah. a believer. Um, but I would love to hear about, um, that side of things with, with, um, like this group of people that uh, that is really investing in the the Bible study component of what you're doing, looking at the word. and um, and maybe if you have like a cool story that you could share of of mm. something that someone has really taken away that you were like, oh, that's incredible. God really moved in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, or like I know, yeah, i I love hearing hearing about the brief snippets that I've heard of like some of your conversations that you're like discipling people and interacting with them. And like, I've heard you talk about how you're talking about AFK relationships oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. them. Oh yeah. Away and from keyboard. <laughs> yes. For those who don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I think we'd love to hear I, yeah, just any, definitely. like any like cool interaction that you've had in that ministry. And Cause yeah. a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of people that are into gaming or into uh, really deep diving into comics and, and so forth, they might be a little bit isolated yeah. and, and not have a lot of interaction face to face. So that's the way from keyboard. Uh, it, yeah. 
thing that we were just mentioning. So yeah, it's a chicken or egg thing, like figuring out, okay, is it, was it their passion for geek interests that made them have less social interactions right? or is it their lack of social interactions that led them to go inward yeah. and have that more inward life, you know, but that right. does tend to be true of a lot of geeks and, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different stories. In fact, um, I just, we just had your dad, Jessica, Dave Lindstrom, um, one of the founding elders of Red Mountain. And, uh, we had him and, uh, his wife, Linda over, um, about a little over a week ago to kind of mark the occasion of the coming to the end of this uh, discipleship that he has been, this mentorship that he's had with me. Uh, for 15, 17 years, something like that. Um, because I knew early on, if okay, if I'm going to open up God's word and try to t- inform people and help people apply it, I need to be mentored myself by someone who knows the Bible like nobody's business. Mm. And so I, I asked Dave if he would mentor me. And so for the last like 15 plus years, uh, he had uh, been mentoring me and he's got some life changes coming up, some circumstantial changes that we're going to like make it difficult and just kind of impractical for us to continue meeting that particular way. But we, I'm hoping that we'll intermittently still get together. But anyway, um, I had, I put the call out for people in the community to thank Dave, you know, mm. for his mentorship of me. And, and so it was because of that, that I would hear some stories that some that I hadn't heard yet, you know, okay. about like, uh, like, uh, one, one guy who, um, just shared that he used to have a really, uh, I can't remember exactly the words he used, but, uh, angry or, or kind of hateful attitude toward people in the LGBTQ plus demographic. Um, but that, kind of like through the teaching um, at CGC had come to a more compassionate place and mm. still held convictions, you know, as we should about what God's design is and his intention for the sexual relationship, but uh, um, but had just come to uh, just a relationally better starting point, mm. you know, I think. And that's that's a big deal when, when, yeah. when geeks can have kind of a shift that something that equips them to interact with people in a more effective and loving way. Early on, I remember this, man, um, there, I, I just had tears of joy over this years ago. It was before there was the YouTube channel. We had forums for a while that, remember forums, kiddos? Uh, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, uh, he was a regular person on the forums and, and a big supporter really involved. And, and I remember just hearing him talk about his church and some of the things about it. And it was sounding really legalistic to, mm. and like to the point where their pastor was saying, okay, you have to wear these kinds of clothes. Here's the sanctioned clothes you can buy from Walmart or Target or whatever. It was like, it was sounding culty. I mean, wow. I was like, oh my gosh. And just hearing uh, all the different details as he would share them, I'm like, yeah. you know, and so I tried to gently interact with him and say, yeah, I mean, I, I have trouble seeing that perspective from scripture, given like what I see here and here, I have trouble making that work in my mind, you know, and, and trying to gently, you know, right. uh, uh, just bring truth into that situation. And I was praying and it would just seem like, you know, he would come on and sometimes be abrasive and not, you know, like many geeks can be without realizing how right. abrasive they're being, mm. you know, in sharing their opinions or their thoughts or whatever. And, and, uh, and I just would think so many times, man, there's, there's no hope for this guy. There's no <laughs> hope for this guy. And then, um, he came on, uh, the forums once and just said, well, um, I've decided that my church is a cult. 
and mm. that I and that I need to leave. And uh, and just like and then hearing like months later that his parents decided to leave too after mm. him leaving and so so there's just there's those kinds of more dramatic things are fewer yeah. and further between much more often you know I'll, I'll hear people just uh, um, just being really encouraged about something related to um, their anxiety or their their insecurity about uh, about whether or not I mean they'll say they'll say salvation. But I always prefer if they're talking about eternal life, say eternal life, because salvation is a broad term mm. and it, it, it's a lot of baggage uh, with that. Anyway, I could get off on that rabbit trail for a while. Um, <laughs> but they'll be insecure about whether or not they have or have retained the gift right. of eternal life, you know. Um, and so, uh, but I mean, I, as Red Mountain does, um, am persuaded to hold the free grace position, you know, where you don't have to maintain a certain degree of faith right. or show through your actions, a certain degree of faith in order to feel confident that yeah. you do have the gift of eternal life. And that is irrevocable, you right. know? Um, and so hearing different things related to insecurity in their relationship with God or insecurity in other issues, it's lots of insecurity among us geeks, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, has been really cool to, to hear about, but like all kinds of, you know, right. uh, different stories like that or people realizing, Oh man, um, I didn't know how to have this conversation with, you know, about my hobbies with my wife or my mom or right. you know, whatever. And now I feel like I, I have a starting place. And, um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the kind of stuff that's really exciting and gratifying to yeah. hear about. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm. All right. I think I have one last question for you. Okay. Okay. So if you're, uh, cause because you look at, at the movies and then you're looking at them with a biblical lens, what, what movie would be like the movie that you really appreciate or see some parallels in, in scripture, whether it would be, uh, you know, a, a, a Messiah story or, oh. you know, something oh. like, so, like, what's the one that you're like, this is the coolest thing. Tell us what movie it is and, and, and your thoughts on it. Okay. Um, Let's all geek out with Peter for a minute. <laughs> I have this is a this is a divisive choice. Okay. All you big hardcore Marvel fans are gonna scoff. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I find uh, Zack Snyder's DC movies to be extremely moving mm. and to have powerful parallels to Christ that I know he intends. Yeah. Um, you know, Superman was created by two Jewish guys and for them, he was a metaphor for Moses. You right. know, I mean, he was sent off in this ship from a, a doomed place, right. you know, so that he could be preserved, mm -hmm. you know, and then he goes to this other place, has an adopted family and he inherits this really significant special role, you yeah. know, as, as this rescuer. Mm -hmm. He's going to lead people to salvation, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's Superman. That's Moses, right? right? Well, at some point, you know, when, uh, along the way, um, other writers that had maybe grown up in a little bit more of a, a Christian influenced culture started seeing the potential to use uh, Superman as a, as a Christ metaphor, you know, mm. now they would do it for more like, I don't know, um, philosophical or feel like feeling like they're being artsy. We're okay. pulling, we're pulling from, you know, philosophy or whatever, da, da, da. whatever their motives are. The fact is that when Superman died in the nineties and they brought him back to life, um, that was a huge kickoff for that character being used 
mm-hmm. as a metaphor for Christ. And he is a saving figure, just as Moses prefigures Jesus in some ways, you know. Um, and, uh, and so the Zack Snyder DC movies, starting with Man of Steel, which is probably the most powerful one to me, but then including into Batman versus Superman. Mm. I mean, I won't spoil the ending, but I mean, have you seen Batman versus Superman? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> all kinds of Jesus all over that ending. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, and then you know even in him coming back in uh, in in Justice League, yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice, Justice League. Let's yes. be very clear, okay? There's a lot of yeah. not the theatrical release. There's yep. a whole thing going on there that I could get into, but I won't. I've made yeah. lengthy videos on it. You can find them on the Christian Geek Central YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the Zack Snyder version, which is like crazy four hours long or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, Superman is such a great metaphor for for Jesus for us as you know he is um the superman is intended i think by creators to be the f- the first fruits in a sense he the model for what humanity can be you know and i've got a christian geek central church that i put a bunch of appropriate verses all over and then just put at the top i have a secret identity mm. you know um and the the whole idea of a secret identity um, is something that Christians, I think, can really grab hold of, right. you know, and really appreciate. And um, and then Superman is as this character who is a rescuer that we all long for. We all long for a rescuer. Mm-hmm. And at the same time as believers, we also long to be powerful and immortal and unkillable. And so all of these things are, there's so many touch points, there's so many jumping off points in yeah. Superman that I think are exemplified really well in Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, that I think that is a, a prime example of how if you go into entertainment, regardless of the creator's intent, if you go into entertainment understanding what the heart cry is so often among creators, hmm. then you can find resonating in entertainment very powerful metaphors intended or not or parallels intended or not to uh our experience as uh uh as believers um and uh yeah awesome now i know you i I sense you're getting ready to wrap up so before you do that yes because the 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 topic that was presented to me was something about i don't know like following the holy spirit's leading through various phases of my life and so uh, I went to the trouble of looking up a couple of verses that I do want to share. <laughs> okay, um, let's hit it. That, that I just, uh, even though we we didn't focus a ton on that, um, but I my my life so far, and I anticipate it will continue to be, has been this weird stumbling and wandering and figuring out, scrambling, trying to trying in a fleshly way much of the time to conjure up my own significance, mm. create my own significance, you know, and figuring out what, what am I supposed to do? What is, what am I destined to do? What is my calling, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and for me, I mean, I'm, I'm always envious and skeptical at the same time when I hear other Christians talk about God told me this, mm. you know, I, I, I try to be respectful of that. And I'm, I'm grateful that God chooses to work that way in some people's lives. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Because God doesn't talk to me like that. You right. know, I freaking really wish that he would. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so some, some verses that have been guiding to me 
Well, one, I love this verse, and this is actually came up when I was the worship pastor still, uh, because I didn't know exactly how to take us where I, I, I thought God wanted us to go. But there's this weird passage that doesn't sound very spiritual in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 8 where Paul and Silas are just going around doing their ministry thing. Uh Verse six, and they went through the region of of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So they went to these places, why? Well, because God said, don't go here. Mm -hmm. So they went here, I guess, because that was another option. And when they had come up to Mysia, or Mysia, however you say it, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, so passing by Mysia or whatever, they went down to Troas. And then in verse 9, you see a vision appeared to Paul. Okay, okay well, great. Good for you, Paul. <laughs> Still waiting for mine. But, uh, but I mean, like, God is seemingly leading them by just closing doors, doors. and then leaving them to make choices and figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I feel like a lot of my life has been. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then, let's see here. Oh, and... Of course, a lot of people will come to Romans 8.28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, A less common one um, that has really connected with me. Oh, oh, here's another one in the New Testament, though. This is another kind of weird scene um, that people would be familiar with. Uh, Matthew 16, 21 through, what is it, 23. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So Peter had this idea of what success was going to look like. And when Jesus said, "This This is the plan. This is where I'm going. Right which looks like utter and absolute failure. Um, Peter was like, no, 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 that, that can't be success. But Jesus lived the most successful human life in history, the most successful human life in history. And that success was not recognized until after he rose from the dead. And even then, only sparingly. Right. You know, and, and so that has been an encouragement to me um, to realize, you know, because, uh, you know, I don't know, five, eight years ago, I was like, yeah, these audio dramas are never going to take off like I really want, yeah. <laughs> wanted them to. And mm. my YouTube channel is not as big as I wanted it to be. My podcast isn't as big as I wanted to. All this stuff is not doing what I wanted to do. I'm not the thing that I thought I was supposed to be, you know, mm. um, and it's not success. I'm not experiencing success by the standards of today. But when I see that, you know, I'm like, you know what? I may not experience the world's brand of success my entire life, and I might not see the ways in which my life was successful in the way God intended until after I'm resurrected, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there's a degree, a degree only because I'm still struggling with it, <laughs> but there's a degree of contentment that I've been developing in that. And so yeah. in the meantime, I content myself to look at, and this is the last verse I'll share, Proverbs 19 verse 21 um, and I've got this one and the Romans 8:28 passage taped over my computer monitor at my home office many are the plans in the mind of a man but it is the purpose of Yahweh that will stand mm. and I'm like you know I can have all kinds of plans I've had all kinds of plans throughout my whole life 
And I, and the, the, the takeaway, the, the kind of the motto I've tried to keep in mind is, you know, set a course. You do set a course. Don't just, you know, leap out into the complete unknown and count on God to catch you. Um, set a course, but keep a loose grip on the wheel. Mm. Um, because he's going to yank it when he wants to, as yeah. he's yanked it many times in my life. Many are the plans in the mind of this man, yeah. but it's the purpose of Yahweh that will stand. So I might as well just try to figure out, okay, today, God, mm. I had, there was this, um, I'm going to do a little name dropping here, but, uh, Dallas Jenkins, who, um, is the director and kind of the creative head behind the chosen series, uh-huh. um, was, uh, uh, he reached out to me and, uh, for, to do an interview with him about his movie before that was called the resurrection of Gavin Stone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, which was not doing well, which is probably why he reached out to someone like me even. Um, but I had this great uh, conversation with him. You can find it on the Christian Geek Central YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> and he shared a conversation he had with Phil Vischer, who is the, uh, the guy behind VeggieTales. Okay. Because that's who he's rubbing elbows with. Um, <laughs> and he said that, that Phil Vischer said to him, you know, what you're doing in 10 years is none of your business. Mm. You know? And so uh, that was already kind of where I felt like my mind was going, where, where God had kind of been leading me. But it was just a great expression, a great little phrase yeah. to hang on to. It's like, yeah, I, that's what I need to, that's the condensed version. Yep. Wh- where, what you're doing in 10 years is none of your business, you know? And I can have all these grand plans and these grand ideas of what I want to do and what success will look like and stuff. But more and more, I'm gaining contentment to just say, okay, who's around me today and what do I have in my skill set, in my resources or whatever, to bless them today, to connect with them today, to be what God wants me to be for those people around me today? And that's how I'm more likely to be on the same page with Yahweh. And that's where I want to be because his purposes are the ones that are going to stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great place to, to end. <laughs> Thank you so much, Peter. I appreciate that wisdom. Mm -hmm. And people can find um, Spirit Blade uh, Productions just Googling? Yeah, yeah, Spirit Blade Productions. I mean, spiritblade.com is the website. And from there, if you want to know more, there's a support slash Patreon link on there that will take you. And much of the content there you can get access to without without being a patron. Right. Um, And so, but it's just a nice, cozy, singular place where all my stuff, like audio drama related and Christian Geek Central stuff are all going to to that place. But if you go to spiritblade.com, that'll get you there. ChristianGeekCentral.com. It's not an impressive.com, but it'll, but it'll get you there. Um, but, uh, yeah, the YouTube channel. Yeah. Just Googling Christian Geek Central or Spirit Blade Productions. Cause I think a lot of people are going to want to check some stuff out now. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks Peter. Thank you. That was, that was, uh, that was a great conversation with me. Now, <laughs> what stood out to you about that conversation with me? <laughs> what stood out to me yeah. about you? Yeah, what stood out to you about, about me? <laughs> yeah, you get out of all the other parts of this now. Yeah. You I just know, get to go I home. know. You don't yeah. get to do any of it. I, I didn't even get to. I had my geek uh, child write out some questions for you. So you, oh, can, nice. you can look at these and then uh, connect Appreciate with Isaiah his, uh, yeah. and, nice. and see if you can read his handwriting. Oh, these are some first. dorky questions. Yes, what I'm saying. Oh, sweet. Yes, okay, yeah, yes. yeah. I'll, I'll... And on the Eternals question, he just wants to know, like, one out of ten, where would you rate the Eternals? Oof. Uh-huh. He's not going to be happy with that answer. I don't know, but I think he might. <laughs> really? What, what's okay. your answer? Um, I don't do scores anymore. Okay. Um, but I could live without Eternals. 
live without I it. I could live okay. without it. Okay. There's there's very little and I but Marvel movies don't connect with me these days okay. in large part. Anyway, that's a whole thing. We it's a whole nother thing. A whole nother <laughs> thing. Well, there you go. You can find Isaiah and answer all okay. of those questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Jessica, that was an incredible time just talking to Peter. So uh, is there anything that Peter shared that stood out to you? I mean, you, you've you known him for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, So, I'm, but I'm sure there was some new stuff or just some impressions you had that, that you'd like to clear or just share with us. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just love... I am super excited for people to just get to hear everything that he shared. And, and I love that you can see how it's so evident when you listen to him in, mm-hmm. in like a big chunk like that, you can see glimpses of how God has wired him yes. uh, in all of these really interesting and unique ways, including this very pastoral heart. Yeah. This like these like immense teaching gifts, yes. this like anointing of the spirit, mm-hmm. like incredible just talents in all of these forms coming together. Um and and I love highlighting him on the podcast and just being able to hear and see that a little bit because I feel like he's such an incredible example of somebody who probably most people just walk into church and see him and don't have an incredible understanding of like what he does on a day-to-day basis. Right. And like how, and his journey and like you, you see him and maybe think that he's just this, whatever, you know, like normal guy, like not a ton of people know exactly what he's doing on a day-to-day basis. But the reality there is that he is probably being a more effective pastor and missionary than a lot of us pastors or missionaries. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's not someone that, that a lot of people would technically say is like a vocational pastor or vocational missionary. And yet, if you look at his life and understand who he is and see uh, his journey with the Lord and what he's doing, it's like insanely pastoral, insanely ministry focused, like insanely missional. I yeah. mean, to, to think that like he, he has been led, led by the Lord to like essentially give up like income earning in a lot of ways right. for this vision that he feels like he has in this ministry that he's developed uh, is like so missional yeah, and so out of the box. It's not like he saw someone do that and was like, Oh, I should do that. Right. No one's doing that. Right. He just created this. Like yeah. he just came up with this life that he feels like the Lord led him to. And it's so inspiring to hear him articulate today that he doesn't even feel like he had a Damascus moment or any like right. grand thing where God really like made it in- insanely evident to him that this is what he has to do. Right. It was even like there's anything like that Mm -hmm. he just has felt like in very subtle ways led to it and is being insanely faithful in it right so all of that yeah stands out to me yeah (laughs) it's just incredible definitely love hearing about it when you think of like that term unreached people groups Uh and uh how uh we we you know we seek to go out into the world and make disciples as we're called to do and uh and here was this unreached people group you Mm -hmm. know of of 
of people that are, are maybe some of them are isolated and don't have a lot of, um, yes, you know, interactions with other people. And, um, and yet because of this shared interest, there is a commonality in which there's relational equity built and then Peter is able to gently, uh, just share the gospel. And, Mm. you know, we, we, for me, it's an encouragement just to think about the the other ways, other things that uh, are in maybe my life or your life that uh, just are our weird interests. Like I, mm-hmm. I think of how much I love dogs hmm. and like <laughs> there are so many people that love dogs. If you're walking your dog, you'll talk to someone that hmm. you never would talk to if you were just walking, like, yeah. or at least I wouldn't. And so, but if they have a dog, I want to talk to them about their dog. Hmm. Well, the Lord can use even something like that. Like where are our mission fields? Where are Mm -hmm. the places that God connects us with other human beings that aren't just sitting in the seats at church on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love that the Lord like really just led Peter into saying, Hey, look at this group of people. And, and a lot of them, uh, know the Lord. Some of them don't. And, and he just forges ahead and, and Mm -hmm. creates this space. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Yes. Yeah. And, and you think of like, uh, the work of, of missionaries often to like put, put the gospel or the Bible into like the native language or whatever. Yes. You almost like think about parallels there as far yes. as him, like bringing, you know, like putting things into a form that can be understood and received by this group of people and their language and their like ways of interacting and engaging. And we didn't even get to hear him talk about, I know that he's recently been guests on, he's been the guest on non-Christian geeky podcasts as Uh like the Christian, you know, like that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, the way he lit up, that's why I wanted to ask him about a movie that, that he saw biblical ties to the way he lit up and just launched into talking about the Zack Snyder, you know, DC universe movies that, that he's done. Mm -hmm. And, and, and looking at that, a lot of that probably blew over a lot of the listeners heads, but yet at the same time that connected and resonated deeply with a lot of people. And, mm. um, that's that language yeah. and, and Pater speaks it so, Yes, and God's and I, using it. I also love and don't want to overlook, uh, like though, though Pater is this intensely, like when you really start to dive into like how he's wired and and who he is or whatever, and how much he, I think is tempted to really, uh, like zero in like a lot of geeks and, and be very like, uh, closed in or whatever. Like he, I, I so admire and love to see how he always pushes himself to, to do like things like this, where he hosts yes. this podcast. He's always open to the Lord pushing him right. to go and do these other things. Like he serves on my worship team. Yeah. Bless his heart. I know. I mean, I know he enjoys it, but there's also a part of him that yeah. like that he does it out of a discipline to the church and to the Lord that right. he like goes and just serves in these ways that are outside of yeah. geekdom also. Cause he is very introverted. We mm-hmm. didn't get into that a lot, but he's not, yeah. he's somebody that does kind of prefer to not be around a ton of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet he does put himself out there in so many ways, which is a great 
thing to just practice the ways that we yes. maybe go against our comforts mm-hmm. uh, to serve the kingdom. It's yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I lo- I feel like he's such a such an inspiring example also of yeah somebody who really is discerning and leaning into how God has made them. Yeah. And but also open in a really healthy way to being pushed in various ways outside of that and just serving in a very broad just being a really faithful faithful in very broad ways that probably a lot of people don't appreciate because they don't realize how how much it takes for him to do that right um yeah yeah well i'd say that about wraps up today's episode you can follow red mountain community church on facebook and instagram at my red mountain mtn where you can leave comments or suggestions to help make the show better be sure to subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on new episodes in the meantime i'm hallie carl i'm jessica garcia and uh, may the force be with you live long and prosper avengers assemble we'll see you on sunday thank you for listening